Ezra chapter 4. We're, we're, we're moving along. We've, we've seen the um, Cyrus's decree to, to go back to Jerusalem and, and, and rebuild the temple. And then in, that was chapter 1. In chapter 2, we, we saw this list, this, this multitude that, that goes back, that, that answers that call, that, that God had told, uh, prophesied, God had told Jeremiah that for 70 years the people would be captive in, ba in Babylon, but then he would lead them back. And, 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 and he, he, God moved Cyrus's heart, this Persian king, this polytheistic king, one that didn't just serve only God or, or believe in, in one God, that he moved his heart to send back the, the, the children of Israel, to, to rebuild the, the temple that they might worship him. And in chapter 3, they began that work. They went back. The first thing they did was to set up the altar that they might sacrifice to the, to the Lord, that they might have forgiveness of sin. Before they even laid the foundation to the temple, they built that altar and then they laid, they began the foundation of the temple, and it says there was a great shout. The, the last phrase in, in, in chapter 3 was, the people shouted with a great shout, and the sound was heard from far away. So where are we? We're, we're on the mountaintop. Everything is going well. What does Murphy's Law say? I mean, it, it's like you, you almost expect this, but opposition is going to arise. I, I heard this podcast this week from a, 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 a guy who's an, at Westlake Church, but it's not Westlake up by Southlake. It's Westlake in uh, Lausanne, and I'm going to butcher this name, Lausanne, Switzerland. And it's just an, an English chap. Who's, I love listening to British podcasts. They, they have different, you know, words and blokes and chaps and all, and, and football, and football is not our football. It's soccer. Uh, but, but that he's, he's preaching and he says, by the end of chapter four, you're going to just be, uh, and I think he was there for a week maybe doing morning and evening through the book of Esther, one chapter in the morning, one in the evening, and he says, you may not invite me back tomorrow after you hear, you know, after you hear what I have to say in, in chapter 4, that it's, it's a chapter about hard times. It's a, it's a chapter about opposition. Uh, it, it ends with sort of a cliffhanger. Now, we know the end of the story, you know, but remember, these are real people living in real time. They did not know what was going to happen at, at, at the end. So, so let's read it and kind of keep that in mind like, as if we don't know that the temple is going to be rebuilt. You know, this is the temple that, uh, aside from some, some remodeling and renovations that, that Herod did, Herod the Great, it's the same temple that Jesus and the disciples went to. So let's start reading in, in, in verse 1. Now, when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the returned exiles were building a temple to the Lord, 
the God of Israel, they approached Zerubbabel and the heads of the, of the father's houses and said to them, Let us build with you, for we worship your God as you do, and we have been sacrificing to him ever since the days of Esarhaddon, king of Assyria, who brought us here. But Zerubbabel, Jeshua, and the rest of the heads of the father's houses in Israel said to them, You have nothing to do with us in building a house to our God, but we alone will build a house to the Lord, the God of Israel, as King Cyrus, king of Persia, has commanded us. Then the people of the land discouraged the people of Judah and made them afraid to build and bribed counselors against them to frustrate their purpose all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even until the reign of Darius, king of, king of Persia. We should begin at the beginning, right? There, there's so much in those, in those five verses. It's like, well, grab this, grab this, grab this. It, 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 it's just, it, it, it's, it's kind of exciting. But who is it that we learn quickly begins to oppose the Jews and their rebuilding? What are they called? Okay, Samaritans, but before that, Okay, let's do it. I'll give you the answer, and then you, you ask a better question. The adversaries of Judah. What are adversaries? Enemies. If you hear the word in a singular form, adversary, not, not adversaries, but adversary, what do you think of? The adversary. Satan. The, the, the devil. So, so who is behind this attack? Make no mistake, this is, this is an attack from Satan. He does not want the temple rebuilt. He does not want Israel to make sacrifices to, to, to the Lord that they might receive a, a, atonement and carrying it on out. He does not want the Messiah coming back. This is before, just in, in, in timeline, this is about 536 B.C. So this is before one of Satan's next great attacks in the book of Esther, which we just looked at, when he, try, when he wants to annihilate all of the Jews to just totally stop the coming Messiah. We know that that didn't come to fruition either because God is in control. So the adversaries, those who are they're really being controlled by Satan, they hear that Judah and Benjamin, well, the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin, they hear the exiles have returned and they're building a temple. So our first clue is that they're adversaries, but, but then what do they do? They go to them and they say, what? Let us help you. I mean, is that reasonable? If you were building a temple and these people came and said, we, we want to help you. Would you say yes, no, maybe? I mean, it, it seems, you know, like a, a reasonable request, but, but look closer at the request. What do they say? Let us help you build. This is in verse 2. For we worship the same God as you. Now, who were they building a temple to? Huh? No, they're building a temple for 
the Lord. No, uh, which one are you talking about? I'm talking about the the Jews oh, okay. are, are building a, a temple for the Lord. It says capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. What does that mean? That means it's the name of God. It's it's the Jews would not say Yahweh. They they would write it out, but they would leave the vowels out. He says, the Jews return to build a temple to Yahweh. But what do these adversaries say? We serve the same God. They don't, they don't say we serve the Lord. We serve the same God. So that's kind of a clue. It's like, oh, well, yeah, I believe in God. They, that's a good question. And I'm going to answer it. <laughs> no, and today, yeah. You want to help me? Oh. I would not turn down the help like they turned down the help. But, okay, so here's, what, here, here's where they came from. They said, let us help you build a house because we worship the same God. We've been sacrificing to him ever since the days of Esarhaddon, king of Assyria. Okay, big clue. Assyria was the dominant power in, in, in the known world before the Babylonians, before the Medes and the Persians. Assyria conquered. God let Assyria take the northern ten tribes, conquer them, take them back to Assyria in 722 B.C. Remember, there were two separate kingdoms in Israel after Solomon died. Solomon had married all of these foreign women and had started all of this idol worshiping and let the high places be rebuilt and, and even worshiped some foreign gods himself. When he died, God said, I'm, I'm ripping ten of the tribes away from you and I'm giving them to your adversary, your opponent. And, and, and Jerubbabel became the first king of the northern ten tribes. If you go through the list of the kings of the northern ten tribes, there is not one single king that worshipped the Lord exclusively. They were all bad. You still had the southern two tribes and the Levites mixed in there, but you had Judah and Benjamin that continued in the line of, of King David. So when the Assyrians took the, um, the northern tribes into captivity in 722 B.C., they kind of took them there, mixed them all up, and sent back other people. And so, and so the, the people who are coming to them are, uh, some of them have part Jewish blood, some of them are uh, Syrians, some of them actually came from, from, the, from, from Mede, from, from Persia, because Assyria had conquered all of these lands. And they had this hodgepodge of, of, of people and gods that they serve. You, you find the account of that in 2 Kings verse, verse 17, uh, 2 Kings chapter 17. Um, I, I think in verse 29, we kind of get the, 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 the gist of it, who these people are. But if, you, if, you, if you're interested later, go back and read the whole, the whole part of, of uh, that, that whole chapter, at least starting in verse 7, how, how God gave them to the Assyrians because of their constant disobedience. Uh, it says in, in 
2 Kings 17, 24 says, The king of Assyria brought people from Babylon, Cuthah, Ava, Hamath, and Ser Sefer, Sefervaim, and placed them in the cities of Samaria instead of the people of Israel. So he, 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 he took other people and put them there. And the remnant that was left, they would, they would intermarry as they were not supposed to do. So verse 29 says, But every nation still made its own, still made gods of its own. So they're bringing in all these, these foreign people. They have their, their own gods and put them in shrines of the high places that the Samaritans had made, every nation in the cities in which they lived. Then the men of Babylon made Sukkoth Banoth. So the men that came from Babylon, they made, uh, they made their god, Sukkoth Banoth. The men of Cuth made Nergal. The men of Hamath made Ashima. The, the Avites made Nibhaz and Tartak. And the Saravites burned their children in fire to Adrimelech and Anomalech, the gods of Seraphai, Vaim. They also feared the Lord and appointed from among themselves all sorts of people as priests, of the high places who sacrificed them in the shrines of the high places. So they feared the Lord, but they also served their own gods after the manner of nations from whom they came from. So the, the, those are the adversaries there, the ones living in, uh, in, in, in Samaria, in the northern, former northern section. They probably also even moved their way south into Judah and, and, and Jerusalem. They worshiped all kinds of gods. Who did, what did they sacrifice? Their own children. If they, if they um, each had different gods, and, uh, and they came together, some of them, I guess, with the same to go down here. To, and, why did, and why did they want to uh, help them with the temple? I know they lied, but I mean... <laughs> what was their motivation? Yeah. As, as well. Because the northern kingdom, when they became the northern kingdom, they were, the reason they were not worshiping, they thought they were worshiping God, but they weren't worshiping God like God wanted them to worship him. They were not obeying the law of Moses, you know, which is the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. They weren't following the, the instructions that God had given them to worship, they just want in on this. They're adversaries. So is this, and I say yes it is, a, a plot by Satan to undermine the right type of religion, the right type of worship of the Lord? Satan wanted them to compromise the way they worship God. Yes. That was going to be my next question. Great minds work alike. And sometimes a great mind and a not so great mind. But does he still do that today, John? This, when we were in Nepal visiting our kids, we took a taxi for a long time. And by the time we got done, the taxi driver admitted that he loved Jesus, that he loved Buddha, 
and he loves all the Hindu crowds. <laughs> and there was little symbols and signs on his taxi that would indicate, and it was covering all the bases. But I think that's what we're talking about here. I think we're talking about, you know, God is not exclusive. Jesus is not exclusive. We're just going to, in case one's out there, we're going to cover it all. Yeah, we've got to be safe. Have you seen, go ahead. I think they're adversaries. They are they are following Satan's instructions. You know that they're they're children of the devil, and so ultimately, yeah, they they want to sabotage it. You know what had happened before, and and even in the future, this is five thirty six. So in in the latter part of the second century, one one ninety BC, one seventy eight BC. You have when the Greeks come in, Antiochus Epiphanes, who, who, who ends up sacrificing a pig in the, in the temple. So it's an ongoing, constant thing. And yes, the de- Satan wants to sabotage this building. He wants to sabotage the, the, the life of the church, even today. But what did Jesus tell Peter? On this rock I will build my church. Maybe, maybe we skipped over that last week, but it's like it's Christ's church. He uses us to, to build it. And what? The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So, so we know the end, but there's still opposition, in there, and there's opposition go, going on today. Look how they begin the attack. Notice who do they go against first? They come to Zerubbabel and Jeshua. They come to the leaders. You know, if we can get the leaders to compromise, then, then, then we got it won. That, that fails. Zerubbabel, Jeshua, the, 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 the governor and the high priest, they say, no, you don't worship the, the, the Lord as, as we do. So then they go... What does it say? Verse 4, the people of the land, that's those living there, discouraged the people of Judah. So then they go to the people. You know, we can't get to the leaders. And, and, and before we get off that, let's remember, that is a, a good example, reason for why we should pray for our leaders. And, and primarily I'm talking about our, our church leaders Corey and, and Amy and the next music pastor, music director, youth pastor, you know, and, and others, the, the, the deacons, and, and pray for, for all of our leaders that they might have wisdom and discernment and, and see these attacks on the, the, the church that are coming from the, the devil himself. They can't get to the leaders, so what do they do? They go to discourage the people. How do they do that? 
Well, they succeeded, said they discouraged them and they made them afraid to build and they, they bribed counselors against them to fr frustrate their purpose. Give me a modern word for they bribed counselors. Current. Oh, attorney? <laughs> I was thinking lobbyists. They, these are lobbyists that go and, you know, they hire these lobbyists to go and, and do these things. And I know y'all were thinking the same thing. I mean, it's, it's, I'm just the only one saying it out loud. But they, they got lobbyists. And there are probably some, uh, some lobbyists that are good, some, some lobbyists that, that, that are not uh, taking bribes under the table. But at the same time, it's, it's, we have that sort of thing today. How long do they do this? This will be a good Western civilization uh, history refresher from whenever you were in whatever year they gave Western Civ in, in, in your high school. I think it was maybe 10th grade, but that was a long time ago. Um, all the days of Cyrus. Okay, we're, 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 we're good on Cyrus because he is the king when this starts about 536, and then even until the reign of Darius, the king of Persia, well, it's getting a little bit more. Look at verse 6. And in the reign of Ahasuerus, in the beginning of his reign, they wrote letters, they wrote an accusation against the inhabitants of Judah and Jerusalem. Uh-oh, so now we are jumping, you know, several kings. This is a, a constant con con continuing uh, opposition and assault against, uh, uh, against Israel rebuilding the temple. Cyrus 536 to 530, he's the king of Persia while that goes on. Uh, Darius, there's a couple of kings in between Cyrus and, uh, and, and Darius, Sambeses, Gamata. Then, then Darius, Darius is king from 522 to 486. Okay, so you got, what is that, 50 years at least from Cyrus to the end of, 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 of uh, Darius. And then Ahasuerus, the, the, some, some translations call him Xerxes, which is a lot easier to say than Ahasuerus or Ahasuerus. There's several pronunciations depending on what part of Texas you come from. Um, Xerxes, Ahasuerus is the king in, in Esther, right? We, we, we studied him. He's, he's the king from 486 to 464. And then the verse, verse 7, we, said in the day, we see in the days of Artaxerxes, he's the king from 464 to 424. So altogether, we're talking about a hundred years of this opposition, that, that, that continues from these inhabitants of, of, of Israel, Samaria, some have, may, are probably even living in Judah, that they're opposing the, the, the rebuilding of, of the temple. So they try to, they, they, they go against the leaders, and then they, then they begin to uh, attack the people to make the people afraid. And then they, then they bring in those outsiders. They bribe those counselors to do, uh, to, to write these letters. What does, 
um, verse 6 say, the end of verse 6, they wrote an accusation against the inhabitants of Judah. Okay, we think, or I think, and many of us think, is it linear? Like 2021, 2022, you, you, would, you would write a history that way. The ancients didn't get all bent out of shape over things being in order. And then you got to throw in that we have Western mindset and, and they have an Eastern mindset. This is, this is Western Asia. Uh, so so they, they, they think differently. And they didn't always get caught up in giving things exactly in order. So verse 7, verse 6, six through 23 are actually things that happen Later, not, not, I'm not talking about Daniel prophecy, something that hasn't happened, but they don't happen uh, in chronologically. Verse 5 ends, and, and the, the verse 24 takes up where verse 5 left off. Verse 24, then the work on the house of God that is in Jerusalem stopped, and it ceased until the second year of the reign of of Darius, king of Persia. Well, Darius was king at 522, so the second year would be 520. So it stops for about 16 years. Okay? And then Ezra, who, who most believe Ezra wrote the book, but who directed the book, who inspired the book, the Holy Spirit, leads Ezra to write what happens a little bit later a little bit as in 80 years later. The, in the days of Artaxerxes, Artaxerxes is not king until 464. So you got 60 to 80 years that, that, it, that it jumps ahead. And he tells you what it's, what's happening. Why? Well, it, it shows the constant nature of these attacks by the adversary that it's like, okay, I'm going to fire one shot, war's over, win or lose. No, it's a constant Satan does not give up. How many times did he tempt Jesus after the, the wilderness? You know, three times. How many times does he tempt us over and over and over? So let's, let's read. Verse 7 through 16 is, is a letter that these... That, that these lobbyists send to Artaxerxes. Verse 7, In the days of Artaxerxes, Bishlam and Mithridath and Tabiel and the rest of their associates wrote to Artaxerxes, king of Persia. The letter was written in Aramaic and translated, Rahum the commander and Shimshai the scribe wrote a letter against Jerusalem to Artaxerxes the king as follows. So the two ringleaders are Rahum and Shimshai. And they're writing a letter against Judah, against Israel in, in their rebuilding. Now look in this and tell me what different types of, of attacks, what reasons they give uh, to, to, to the king. Verse 9, Rahum the commander and Shimshai the scribe and the rest of their associates, the judges, the governors, the officials, and the Persians, the men of Erech, 
the Babylonians, the men of Susa, that is, the Elamites, and the rest of the nations whom the great noble Asnapar deported and settled in the cities of Samaria and in the rest of the province beyond the river. This is a copy of the letter that they sent. So Rehum and Shimshai say, all of us are in agreement. You know, you got it begin to question when somebody says, it always happens this way. You know, everybody thinks this. Well, that's lie number one. But they're saying the Babylonians, the men of Susa, the Persians, the Elamites, all of the nations, this is to, to the king. We're all, we're all telling you this. Okay, middle of verse 11. Two are the Xerxes the king. Your servants, the men of the province beyond the river. The province beyond the river is everything west of the, the, the Euphrates. So it's, 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 it's part of Babylon, it's Syria, it's Israel. Uh, that it's, that it's just, that's, that's just what they called the province of, of Persia. And, and it was called the province west of the, of, of the, of the river. So it would include J Jerusalem. Send greeting. And now be it known to the king that the Jews who came up from you to us have gone to Jerusalem. So you sent them out. They've gone to Jerusalem. They are rebuilding that rebellious and wicked city. They are finishing the walls and repairing the foundation. Now be it known to the king that if this city is rebuilt and the walls finished, they will not pay tribute, custom, or toll, and the royal, the royal revenue will be impaired. Now, because we eat the salt of the palace, and it is not fitting for us to witness the king's dishonor, therefore we send and inform the king in order that, that search may be made in the book of records of your fathers. You will find in the book of records and learn that this, is, this city is a rebellious city, hurtful to kings and provinces, and the sedition was stirred up in it from old. That was why this city was laid rest, laid waste. We make known to the king that if this city is rebuilt and its walls finished, you will then have no possession in the province. Then the king sent an answer. Okay, so verse 16 is the, is the end of the letter. Now, is it true? Well, no. Is any of it true? Not really. I mean, it's, it's, it's fake news 2,500 years ago that, 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 he's, that, that they're, um, they're kind of exaggerating things and, and making false claims. You know, it's, 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 it's hard to keep it all processed in your brain in an orderly fashion, but does that happen against the church today? You know, false claims that... that, that that may sound like a little bit of truth. You know, you don't hear a news reporter say, look at all the good work these Christians are doing. You know, you, you hear just the opposite. Well, this guy won't bake a cake for a same-sex marriage couple, so we got to sue him. Or, or, or you know, th that sort of thing. You could, you could go on and and on with, with the different types of attacks. This church won't, won't perform same-sex marriages. But you don't hear about the, 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 the hundreds or even thousands of orphanages that are, that are sponsored by churches. 
or, or the foster care that is provided by, by, by many b- believers or, or other good things that Christians do for society. So they begin by saying everybody is against them. And then they start that, that typical sort of, um, sort of brown nosing to the, to the king, you know, your servants, we send greeting. It's, it's like you, you in, in Daniel, you had the long live the king, uh, hail to the king. Let it be known they've gone up to, to rebuild. And what are they rebuilding? Jerusalem, this rebellious and wicked city. Now, it had been wicked toward the Lord many times, but they haven't really been rebellious against Babylon now because Babylon conquered them. Um, They're finishing the wall. So this is jumping ahead. The temple has been rebuilt by the days of Artaxerxes. So the temple's built. It's, it's, it's more of the, the account. It's very similar to the, to the first part of Nehemiah, when, when, when they're going back to rebuild the city, rebuild the, the walls of Jerusalem, they're, re, they're finishing the walls, they're repairing the foundations. Let it be known that if they rebuild the walls, what's going to happen? I mean, he knows how to manipulate the king. If they rebuild the, 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 the walls, rebuild this city, they're not going to pay taxes. I mean, what else is going to get the king's attention? You're not going to get, and they, they had three different types of taxes, tributes, customs, and tolls, and the royal re- revenue is going to be impaired. Well, Artaxerxes was really, some, some scholars say he was, he was kind of broke because his daddy, Xerxes, remember, had gone and tried to conquer Greece and, 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 and spent a lot of money doing that. Remember the, the, the movie, the, the 500 that covered, that was, our, that was Xerxes going and, and fighting Greece. They got whipped, go back, and, and, and he, he spent most of Artaxerxes' inheritance on battles. And so this is getting his, his attention really quick. And he says, now because we eat the salt of the palace, that's just a colloquialism for meaning we're... we're um, Loyal to the king. Anybody have a different phrase that's translated there in, in verse 13? We eat the salt of the palace. You know, we're with the king. I've never, I'm not familiar with that one. You know, you, 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 we have all sorts of colloquialisms, you know, expressions. You know, it's like to, something that it's like, well, you do what you want. We, we might say, whatever melts your butter or something like that. You know, this is like, hey, we eat the salt of the palace. It, it means that, they, that they're behind the king, they support the king. And then here comes some more of that brown nose. It's not fitting for us to witness a dishonor to the king. Hey, we just want to point out, we, we got your back, king, and we see this going on, and, and, and you're going to be dishonored. You're not going to have any money. So we're sending and informing you. It's, it's rationalizing and justifying their tattletaling. So we don't want you to be, be, be caught, uh, you know, in the dark over this. So, so we're telling you. Verse 15, they say, search the records that it may be found in, 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 in the book of your fathers. I got this from 
uh, it was the same podcast from from this from Westlake Church in um, in Switzerland. Uh, this is called confirmation bias. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, apparently, it's a scientific term, you know, and, and it could be any kind of survey or whatever. And and I don't have a science brain, but that it's like telling somebody what to look for before they find it. It's confirmation bias. It's like, search the records and you'll see that they did all of this. Well, what do they look, what do they see? They see the examples of when Hezekiah did not, uh, that, that he disobeyed the, the king of Assyria, or, or maybe uh, more, more closer to the, to the times that uh, Zediah, who was one of the last kings or governors of, of Judah and led a rebellion against Babylon. And he says, search the records. You're going to see where they've been rebellious before. Well, yeah, but they were, they were trying to withstand these pagans taking over the, the, their kingdom. They completely gloss over Daniel and his loyalty to the kings of, of Babylon and Persia. They, they gloss over Mordecai and, and his loyalty to Artaxerxes' daddy, Xerxes. They, 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 they just totally overlook Esther and what she did for the kingdom. They said, search the records and you're going to find what a rebellious, harmful, hurtful city this is and, and, and why it was laid to, to waste. So they, they, they tell them what to look for. Sure enough, the king finds it, and, and he believes it. So verse 17, 17 through 23 are the, uh, it's the king's response to, to this letter from Rehum and, and Shimshai. The king sent an answer to Rehum, the commander, and Shimshai, the scribe, and the rest of their associates who live in Samaria and in the rest of the province beyond the river. Greetings. And now the letter that you sent to us has been plainly read before me, and I made a decree, and search has been made, and it's been found that this city from of old has risen against kings, and that rebellion and sedition have been made in it. And the mighty kings have been over Jerusalem, who ruled over the whole province beyond the river, to whom tribute, custom, and toll were paid. Therefore, make a decree that these men be made to cease and that this city not be rebuilt until a decree is made from me. And take care not to be slack in this matter. Why should damage grow to the hurt of the king? Then when the copy of, Ar king Ar the copy of King Artaxerxes' letter was read before Rehum and Shimshai, the scribe and their associates, they went in haste to the Jews at Jerusalem and by force and power made them cease. So the king said, hey, you're right. We found all these records about how they have been rebellious. And, 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 uh, and what would the word be? They, he said sedition, which is a noun. What's the, the verb? Seditious? Anyhow, they've been rebellious and, and, and trying to, to, to resist any, any king, not pay taxes. Yeah, we found it. So, so, so you send and make a decree that they can't rebuild. And, and you know, why should, why should the king be hurt and damaged by all this? So they send, so Artaxerxes sends that letter to Rehum and Shimshai and, and, and their uh, 
co-conspirators. As soon as they get it, I, I don't know, this just kind of gets my funny bone. They went in haste. You know, as soon as they got that letter, it's like, boy, they just can't, they can't get there soon enough. They say, we got it, we got it, we got it. You got to cease and desist right now. No more, no more building the, the, the house. And they even use force and power to make them stop. Not the house, the city. The temple has been built. This is in the future. But it just shows just the, the continuous attack by Satan on, on Israel, on the church, even on Christians today. And then verse 24 is going back to verse 5. Then the work on the house of God that is in Jerusalem stopped, and it ceased until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. So he's, he's kind of getting back to the... Um, to the current day, you know, that, that he shows that. Why then does, did God choose, did the Holy Spirit lead Ezra to, to write these things, to, to report these things that are, that are happening? You know, should I care about what happened to the Jews going back to Jerusalem 2,500 years ago. <clears throat> I mean, all of those people are, they've passed on. They're, they're, they're dead. Should, should I care? Does it, does it teach us anything? Is there, is there anything that, that we can glean from it? Yeah, there was a one I heard recently. The more we learn about history, the more we learn we didn't learn from history or something like that. And it's like, yeah, history repeats itself, but we constantly forget history and we ignore it. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's, there's many places that are, um, many churches that have used schools or other, you know, public buildings to meet in when they were new and starting. And many cities and, and even probably states will deny that now. No, we, we can't have them doing that. You know, we can't. We can't let a church meet meet here in, in this school, you know, attacks. We're, we are definitely spoiled in the United States when compared with, with other nations. Maybe we're even more spoiled in Texas than in other parts of our country. It's, 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 it, it's you know, kind of, in some areas it, it's, it's, it's worse should we expect opposition? Absolutely. What does, you know, Paul was the, probably the greatest missionary of all time, the apostle. He, he, had, he had younger pastors that he, that he mentored 
one being Timothy. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, listen to this. And, you know, it's probably not anything that we, we've heard it, but we probably try to, we probably ignore it. But, but just listen to this. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. I mean, it's like we, we should expect that, you know. <clears throat> Who is the adversary behind these adversaries? Satan. It says that he, he roams the earth, you know, like a, like, like a lion seeking whom he may devour. Sometimes maybe we're not a threat to Satan. Well, yeah, he's kind of leaving me alone. It's like, well, why? Well, maybe you're, I'll say me. Maybe I'm just not a threat to the kingdom of Satan because I'm not, what, dedicated. We saw in chapter 3 how they were dedicated and devoted to the, the Lord. That's why they went back. So it kind of ends here, chapter 4, with a cliffhanger. It's like the work stopped. You know, for 16 years, the work on the temple stopped. They had, they had put down at least part of the foundation. They had, they had built the altar, and then nothing. 16 years, that's a, that's a, you know, even for us who are a little more seasoned, that's a long time. You know, that's four, good grief, can you imagine going through four presidential election cycles? You know, and they've stopped it with all the ads and the, you know, everything involved in, in, in that. Four presidencies, it just stopped because of the, 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 the opposition, those who are opposed to the kingdom of God. So, it is kind of a downer note, but we're 2,500 years in the future. We know the temple gets rebuilt. And we know that the, the will, the purposes of God always prevail. But we can still, you know, we, we, we can still empathize with them as we see the opposition against the church growing more and more the, these days. What else do you see in, the, in, in, in here that might, you know, uh, that I probably missed? You know, that might speak to you on, on what discouragement. How do you overcome this discouragement? We can lift each other up. I mean, they're discouraged. They're, they stop. They're afraid. They're, dis, they're discouraged. One, one, one uh, commentary I, I read said, there's nothing mentioned about them praying over this situation. Now, maybe the writer just you know, left that out, but it's, uh, you know, there's nothing mentioned about them, them praying to God about this. God is going to raise up prophets and, 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 and priests to go. Haggai and Zechariah, they're going to go back and they're, gonna, and they're going to, to bring the word of the Lord and they are going to rebuild the, the, the walls, you know, but we gotta, we, even before that, we've got to wait for the, the temple to be rebuilt.
They, they did. First things first. They got the altar. And can we learn through times of ad adversary? I mean, we, we, can, we can learn and we can glow, grow closer to the Lord in, in times of, of distress, you know. Sometimes when we're having to write, rely on God, whether it's sickness or finance or job or whatever the situation is, that we, it, it drives us to the Lord. And so it's a good thing. He's using that to bring us to Him. Let's pray and then we'll, we'll be dismissed. Father, we thank you for your word. And God, we, we see how even from the Garden of Eden, Satan has opposed your kingdom. But we know, God, that you're the all-powerful, omnipotent, sovereign creator and sustainer of, of, of the whole universe that you have a plan for this world, for the kingdom of Christ, and, and even for each and every one of us. God, may we, may we look to you when we face opposition from the adversary. May we, may we turn to you and seek to, to serve only you, that we might be useful for, for the kingdom of Christ. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.